day 38 of the story that changes everything. Today's readings are Leviticus chapters 19 through 21. Here are some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 19 opens with what may be the central call of the book of Leviticus. Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. There are various codes in this chapter that illustrate what the holy life looks like on the ground. Notice how often they resonate with this reminder, I am the Lord your God. You may notice various echoes of the Ten Commandments repeated in this text. Some scholars even refer to this chapter as the priestly Decalogue. I think it's critical to recognize that living the holy life requires God's people to say no to some things. Don't steal, don't oppress, don't insult, don't misuse, etc. However, it also means saying yes to other things. Honor your father and mother, keep Sabbath, be fair to people, practice economics in a way that takes care of the stranger. These codes, both the negative ones and the positive ones, are not always easy to translate into 21st century life, but Certainly their intent is summed up in verse 18. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Much later, when Jesus is asked which of the laws, of which there are apparently 613 in the Old Testament, but which of those is the most important, this is one of the two that Jesus will point to. The first is to love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is this one. Verse 18, love your neighbor as yourself. This chapter also contains the interesting codes related to not blending fabrics or not mixing species. These codes may have to do with concerns about believing that we can improve on God's creation, but they're more likely primarily about giving the people a living illustration of how to live among foreign people and yet remain separate from many of the damaging practices of those nations that surround them. Of particular concern in these chapters are the mystical pagan practices for trying to divine the future in various ways. If the people need to seek wisdom, they are only to use God as their source for both life and for knowledge. I would also draw your attention to verse 33. A repeated command in the Torah is that the people are to care for the immigrants and strangers in their midst. God will frequently remind them that they too were once immigrants and strangers and now they should treat those in their midst the way they wished to be treated. Chapter 20 returns to many of the themes related to sexual ethics already articulated in chapter 18. Only in this chapter, possible sentences of judgment are added to their descriptions. We should remember that these are ancient case laws that were likely giving maximum sentences that were possible for those who violated these various laws. It's highly likely, scholars think, that Lesser punishments were usually imposed on those who violated these laws. Nevertheless, in giving these maximums, it is clear in the text how seriously God takes the violation of these covenants and how much the integrity of the community is valued. Notice the language and concern on God's part that if the people live into these sins, that the land might vomit them out. This is likely another way of recognizing that there is a grain to the universe and patterns to the way God has formed nature, and if the people violate these, there are serious repercussions. I might make one comment about the repeated commands against bestiality. Certainly it goes without saying that this kind of behavior violates the grain of the universe. However, several commentators point out that many of the ancient cultures surrounding Israel contained stories related to mythic origins of their leaders. 
For example, it's not unusual for some king or ruler to have an origin myth that makes them both the son of a human woman, but their father is a wolf or a lion or some other powerful animal. So these commands may not just reject the violation of nature, but it may resist various forms of paganism and their mythic stories as well. Chapter 21 begins two final chapters on the priesthood. Whatever else this chapter does, it certainly holds up high standards for the priesthood. Some of those standards, especially related to physical blemishes, may seem not only strange but quite prejudicial. However, it's important to recognize that no one was excluded from the life and care given to the Levitical families, but there still is a high expectation for those entering God's presence. The New Testament will shift these expectations of those leading God's people from these external standards to high internal standards. As we hear the call to be holy from the text today, but have been going through all of these texts about rituals and the priesthood and these codes of behavior, it has reminded me that this call to holiness requires that we live in certain ways that reflect the holy life and that we participate in worship in ways that rehabit our lives towards God's purposes, and that in these rituals we are reminded of God's patience and grace, but also about God's presence in our midst and how the Spirit wants to form holiness in us. These certainly aren't easy texts, but still read them carefully, looking for things you've never seen before. Journal some of your questions, reflections, prayers. Listen to what the Spirit might say to you through the Scripture today. And be holy, because the Lord your God is holy. Our readings for tomorrow are Leviticus chapters 22 through 24 and Psalm 17. I'll talk to you tomorrow.